0: Welsh writer of Deck the Halls wrote that Carol, in 1877 decked the halls with boughs of holly that he ever imagined what our decorations would look like. These are satirized, these decorations sometimes are prone, uh, our pro- proximity, our uh, propensity to, to uh, overdo it in the movie Deck the Halls in 2006. Anybody see that? You know, Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick played the lead two characters and they' got in a battle in their neighborhood about whose yard whose house could be decorated the brightest. DeVito's character says uh, that he wants his decorations to be so bright you could see them from outer space from a satellite. Uh, we decorate and uh, we do that because we want to celebrate the christmas uh, the Christmas season. We get prepared for Christmas and uh, by decorating everything and making it as nice as we can make it in northeast albuquerque new mexico the bug family combined decorating their house with all kinds of, of lit up uh, displays and and lights and decorations with a noble cause every year they would place baskets outside and everyone who came to see their decorations was encouraged to give to donate to a homeless ministry in town called noonday ministry that uh, one year uh, in the year 2000, they raised $12,000, but they had a neighbor that saw all those decorations and the traffic as a nuisance, so he encouraged the city to sue uh, the Bug family to not have their display because he said because they were collecting money, even if it was for a noble cause, it was a business, and you know, the Albuquerque City Council ruled against the Bug family They allowed them to put the lights up, but they told them they couldn't collect money anymore. That gives you the ends of the spectrum, doesn't it? One family decorating and celebrating Christmas, another being what we might call a Scrooge. Well, you're decorating for Christmas. You're getting ready for Christmas. But I wonder today, as we continue in our series called Christmas Questions, are you prepared for Christmas? Are you ready in ways both big and small. Are you ready in the most important way? We're going to answer that question by looking at Mary and Joseph and their preparations for the first Christmas. Now they had to pack and plan, but those of you who have been pregnant, imagine how they had to make this journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of The requirement of a census, as we read about last week. From Nazareth to Bethlehem, 65 miles. And if you've been to the Holy Land, it's mountainous. It's up and down. 65 miles by foot, or perhaps by donkey. A lot of journey. It's like going from here to Olathe. Here to worlds of fun, by foot. Pregnant, with all the things you need. To have a baby. But that's not so much the preparation that is most important in my understanding, my the way I see it. I, I see Mary and Joseph were prepared in far more important ways because they were chosen, again, can you imagine being chosen as the mother of the Son of God? And Joseph as his earthly father. Why were they chosen? I believe Mary and Joseph were prepared through righteous decisions that they had made. They were prepared. They had dedicated their lives to being right before God. Today, it's very important for us to understand that word righteous. And that's perhaps the simple definition and the best definition for me, to be right before God. Some other scriptures give us a little different understanding, and I think it's helpful to look at them. In 1 John 3, 7 It says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Now, it seems like we're begging the question. But I think it's very important for you to understand, he who does what is right in the sight of God. He who does what is right even when it's easy. People who are righteous make their decisions not because their decisions make them feel good, They make the right decisions not because those decisions help them meet their own personal goals and agendas. They don't make those decisions because it allows them to do what they want to do. They make decisions based on what God would think of those decisions. Psalm 15 gives us an even better explanation. It goes like this lord who may dwell in your sanctuary who may live on your holy mountain in other words who can be acceptable to you who can have a relationship with you those whose walk is blameless who do what is righteous who speak the truth from their hearts who have no slander on their tongues who do their neighbors no wrong who cast no slur on others who despise those whose ways are vile but honor whoever fears the lord who keep their oaths even when it hurts. Who keep their oaths even when it hurts. Who lend money to the poor without interest and who do not accept bribes against the innocent. And listen to the promise here. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Very important to see that is a description of the way we are to live as believers in Christ. If we want to make righteous decisions in our lives, our decisions have to be guided. They have to be led not by our own understandings, but by God's. They have to be led by our desire to make decisions that please him, even, as it says here, when it hurts. Joseph, I'm sure, was hurting as he found out his wife, Mary. Yes, They're engaged to be married, but in Jewish custom, when you were engaged, it was much more, it was even more formal than it is today for us. When you're engaged, you were referred to as already husband and wife, but you did not have sexual relations. You stayed pure. And if you broke the engagement, it was not as simple as giving a ring back or some of the things we might do today. You actually had to get a writ of divorce. You had to formally dissolve engagement in divorce and as we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 1 we see that very thing happening verses 18 and 19 this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother was Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph they were engaged but before they came together that is before they had relations she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph her husband was faithful to the law. In other words, because he determined to make righteous decisions in his life and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. I can't imagine what must have been going through Joseph's mind. He had this young woman Mary that he loved so much that he wanted to marry. And then he finds out she's pregnant. And his mind can't comprehend That it might be by some supernatural means, which the Bible tells us did happen. And so it was completely within Joseph's rights to not only divorce Mary, but it was complete within his rights to have her publicly humiliated and disgraced, even stoned to death by Jewish law because she'd been sexually unfaithful. But Joseph's a righteous man. And so he takes the way that doesn't strike back. He takes the way that is truly the road less traveled in our society and culture today. For it is in our culture when someone does something wrong to you, you're encouraged to take care of your rights, to strike back, to get even. But that's not how God sees the way of his people. That's not God's righteousness on display. Amazingly, Joseph doesn't want to, to disgrace her. He wants to do this as quietly as possible, and so he sets about. It shows you the, the righteous decisions that were every day for him. Now, you might say to me, well, I can't imagine making those kinds of decisions. We'll, we'll talk about how to do that as we go forward. Know this that it was no mistake that God chose Mary and Joseph to be the family of Jesus. It was because of righteous decisions like these that they were chosen. Now the story goes on in Matthew chapter 1. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. She will give birth to a son, sweet little Jesus boy, and you're to name him Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's all the way back in Isaiah. Jesus' birth, the Messiah's birth, was prophesied way before the events of this day, some 700 years before. And here it comes to pass, and here it comes to be through people who make right decisions. By God's supernatural means, Mary is impregnated with the Son of God. Mary and Joseph were also prepared through a righteous lifestyle. It's important to note here that they... Uh, don't do what comes naturally. They don't do what the flesh urges them to do. They don't do what makes them feel good in the short term. They stay pure as they're supposed to. In Genesis chapter uh, 6, verse 9, it tells us of another man who was righteous. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully. With God. Walking faithfully is not just one decision in a point of time. It is a series, a daily decision to walk with God and to not walk as one sees fit or to not make decisions and live in a way that just pleases what we want in the short term. Righteousness is a righteous living, it's a commitment to living for God every day. And Mary, She lived that way. Back in verse 18, it says his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she decided to live in a way that honored God with her body. Joseph as well, in verse 25, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. It is very unusual today in our world, isn't it, for people to say, sexually pure before God until marriage it is a challenge because that is what our bodies want God gives us that drive but Mary and Joseph show that they could make that decision to be disciplined and to honor God with their bodies exactly as scripture tells us in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 it says it is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality And later in verse 7, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. you ask me how to prepare for for Christmas, I would say to you, maybe it is that we make a commitment to honor God with our body. Maybe we make a commitment to stay pure before God. I had a great discussion with a young man this week, 24 years old, who has a girlfriend that he's... He's crazy about, and he came to me and asked me, how how can we stay pure before we were to get married? What a great question. I was so pleased that he asked me that question, because it is a great challenge, especially in a culture that says, uh, it's okay to live together. You don't have to be married. In a culture that says, if, if you want to hook up, then go for it in a culture that even celebrates that you look on media tv shows movies very seldom is there any mention of the thought of maybe honoring god with our bodies but that's exactly what mary and joseph do it shows you the kind of people they were it shows you the lifestyle that they were committed to live and it also was enabled by God's help. Do you know Scripture says if we determine to live righteously that He gives us power, that He gives us the energy, He gives us the blessings of helping us in that challenge? In Second Chronicles it says this, For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Go back to the first screen. For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You might say, I don't know how I could be righteous every day. Uh, that's impossible. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen the hearts of those who are committed to him. You've done a foolish thing, and from now on you'll be at war. That's one who chose to live unrighteously. But I want you to focus on this. If you will make a commitment to live a righteous lifestyle before God. He sees that. And just as it says here, it can happen for you. He can bring you the strength to make that happen. Now, uh, you might say, well, what, what is the purpose? What's all this for? And at home, you might have lights up. You might have your tree up. I got to talk to my parents yesterday. It's funny, every December we have the same conversation. My dad says, uh, or my mother says, why don't you get your dad to help me decorate? And my dad says, she wants the decorations, so she should put them up. And y'all don't have those discussions at your house, I'm sure. Uh, and Now, maybe it's the man at your house that wants to decorate, and the woman, uh, the mom is not the one, but most of the time, I, it's probably that way. It's kind of that way at our house. I bring the stuff up from the basement, and Beth puts it up. Maybe you've decorated, but I'm saying to you, the most important preparations for Christmas is not the lights that you put up. The most important preparation is you understanding you can be a righteous influence, you being a light. Later in Matthew's Gospel, it says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father In heaven, let your light shine. The Bible says we all have the capacity to be a shining star, to be a shining light in a dark world. That's what it says in Philippians so that you may become blameless and pure. That's living righteously, that's making righteous decisions, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. How different your witness can be if you determine not just to put lights up, but to be a light at your school. You determine you're not going to cheat, even if you can get away with it. You determine that you're not going to go all the way, even though you could get away with it, but you're going to honor God. How different... Could it be? How powerful could your light be if you work or serve at the Air Force Base? And you choose to be honest. You choose not to get even with people who hurt you. You choose to honor God, even though you don't have to in a secular workplace. You see, all of us have the capacity in this Christmas season and far beyond, all of us have the capacity to be lights on a hill all of us have the capacity to in a a crooked and warped generation to be beacons of godliness and righteousness this is a question for us to think about you might say how in the world can i do that i mean i'm human i make mistakes i have temptations and yes you do but what i want you to understand is From the birth of jesus something very important happened from the birth of jesus who grew up to teach and to do miracles who grew up to be crucified for us for that process it changed the definition of righteousness it changed the way that righteousness comes about you see as good and holy as mary and joseph were they could not be righteous all the time. They could not stand in the presence of God because they didn't always make the right decisions, just like none of us do. How many of us have sinned? How many of us are sinners? Every one of us in this room. So how then, how then can we be a light on a hill? How then can we be shining stars We can prepare by letting Christ live in and through us. We prepare by letting Christ live in and through us. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, even Mary and Joseph. But because Jesus came into the world, things change. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God he was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit through jesus sins are put to death through jesus life comes romans 5:19 for just as through the disobedience of the one man adam many were made sinners so also through the obedience of the one man jesus the many will be made righteous Very important for you to hear what I'm saying right now. We oftentimes think that our goal in life should be to be a good person and for us to do good deeds to others. We think that righteousness should come from what we've done in the past. If we don't think that literally, we often have that mindset internally. But what I'm saying to you is righteousness can only come through the relationship we have with God in the present. It's not by the deeds we've done in the past. One sin is too many. One sin disallows you from being in the presence of God except by faith in the one man who died for the sins of the many. You see, it is through faith in Jesus Christ that is why he came. It's through faith in Jesus Christ that our sins be forgiven the Bible's very clear it gives us this process of becoming a believer of becoming a Christian we recognize our sinfulness we don't just say it with our words but we own it we take responsibility for it and we confess that we are a sinner and then we understand that God sent Jesus and we make that commitment we take that leap of faith to believe he is the living son of God we believe in him as the son of god we confess those sins we repent of them we take jesus christ as our lord and savior we're baptized into him and then we walk in righteousness not to prove ourselves to god but as proof that jesus christ is living in us and through us see every one of us this christmas every one of us need to be prepared if today was our last day to be standing in the presence of god without our sins held against us. Every one of us, perhaps this Christmas, need to make that decision if we have not made it, to take Jesus by faith, to let him come live in and through us. He wants to give us the freedom of forgiveness. He wants to give us this possibility of living a life that is because of the work of Jesus, clean and pure. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. one of the most important verses in all of Scripture. So this Christmas, I ask, are you prepared? Are you ready? If you're not ready to make that decision in a few moments here, I would urge you to come talk to me, to to set up a time to come visit with me. And let me answer your questions. Let me help you get right with God. You see, it is not the things we do. It's not the decisions we make. As Mary and Joseph, as righteous as they were in their decisions, their lifestyle, they would not be acceptable before God without belief in their son. And I don't know exactly how that happened, but I believe in some way God made that possibility open to them. But I know this, I know this for sure, God makes that opportunity available to you today to own your sinfulness, to make a leap of faith and claim Jesus Christ as your Savior. To commit yourselves to living to please Him. You can do that today. A Christian comedian by the name Mark Lowry, he talks about what Calvary must have been like and he is a comedian. He talks about it in a humorous way. Now, by the way, Mark Lowry also wrote the song, Mary, Did You Know? I didn't know that until I was doing research this week. But Mark Lowry writes about the cross, and he says <clears throat> if he was being crucified in the middle of town, his mama wouldn't have been silent. He's from Houston, Texas. She'd have pitched a fit. Also, talking to my parents this week, uh, talking to them about Jessica's game on um, Thursday night. Jessica got uh, let's say, in my opinion, questionable calls against her by the referee. And so my dad said to me, Did you make a fool of yourself? I said, Dad, I've matured. I don't yell at the referees anymore. Well, God's given me the victory. Start preaching to my dad. <laughs> and he always, he always, always triggers this. And it was so funny. When I was a senior uh, wrestling in high school, uh, my mom and dad would not sit beside each other in the stands. Because I'd start wrestling, and, and my brother wrestled the weight class below me, both of us. And we were wrestling, and my mother would start screeching. I mean, she sounded like a barn owl, screeching both in support. And then if a referee made a bad call, then they get at him. And it was, she, talk about pitching a fit, she pitched a fit. And if I was being crucified like Mark Lowry, if I was being crucified in the middle of Warrensburg, my mama would have been screeching, I can tell you. Mark Lowry says his mama would have been pitching a fit. But Mary never said a word. He wondered if maybe what the difference for her was remembering back to that first Christmas. Remembering touching his little hands and feet and counting his fingers and toes. I wonder if she realized then that those were the same fingers that had scooped out the oceans and formed the seas. Mary probably counted those little toes. I wonder if she realized those were the same feet that had walked on streets of gold and had been worshipped by angels. Those little lips were the same lips that had spoken the world into existence. When Mary kissed her baby, she wasn't just kissing another baby. She was kissing the face of God. 33 years later, she's standing on a hillside watching blood pour from his veins from the side of her own son, and she didn't open her mouth. What a great testimony To the fact that he wasn't just a great prophet. He wasn't just a great preacher. He wasn't just a great man. He wasn't just a great teacher. He was virgin born. Son of God. He was our savior. And he didn't die just for us. He died for his own mother. The baby boy she had delivered on that first Christmas was now on a cross. Delivering her. Mary needed a savior too oh what a wonderful savior is he friends you might not have accepted it yet but you need a savior and he is waiting on you that's why he came into the world that's why he died for you that's why he lives for you and he wants you to know that life Father, well, as we think about these things, I hope that we're prepared for Christmas. It's fine to put lights up and decorate, but how much more important is it to be right with you, right before you? And the only way we can do that is by faith in Jesus. Help us to seek out the answers if we haven't made that decision. If we have made that decision, help us to make choices every day to make righteous decisions and to walk in righteousness. Where perhaps we've been seeking vengeance, where we have grudges, help us with your help to let those go. Help us to be righteous even when it hurts, to keep our promises, to be honest, to be forthright. Help us to be lights on a hill in the midst of, as it says in your word, a warped and crooked generation to help us to shine like stars. I pray today that we're ready for Christmas. If not, that you're getting us there. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.